From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Your input on today's topic is important to us. Join in the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. Here we go. Thank you for joining us today on ABQ Connect. Jim Williams in for Steve Ryman. Steve will be back with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. I'm joined in studio today by Toya Kaplan and Tava Bryce. Michelle Schroff's going to join us here after our first segment. And uh, we're talking uh, about um, just an amazing ministry that that has been going on now for some time. Uh, Toya is the founder of For the One, and the Vulnerable No More event is coming up Thursday night. Uh, Toya, let's start with what is For the One, and what are you doing Thursday night that's so important to our community? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having sure. us. We just appreciate it, getting the word out to your community. Um, For the One is an organization which our main goal uh, currently is to reach these vulnerable children and their families before the predators do. Um, and then second to that is to make conversations more comfortable in the home so that people will begin to discuss this and get information to their children, again, for prevention, to stop it from happening before, not after. Let me tell our, our listeners about Tava. She is a co-founder of Love Church, uh, Covenant Love Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, part of the ministry is protecting children and families. It's a big priority. Their website is www.mycl.church. If you want to find out more about what they're doing, if you're taking a visit to North Carolina, yes. uh, but you're also sisters. We are. We and are. You're gonna. You're gonna be. Uh, Tava, are you gonna be serving on a panel? Uh, yes, I and, will. And be. there's gonna be a discussion. Um, in our little list of things that that we put together for today, I, I wanted to take what I'm gonna call kind of an arrogant position or, mm. or maybe just a confident position. I have five children and I'm one of those arrogant people that would have said, Toy, I'm really, really close to my children. They're mm. not vulnerable. They're not susceptible to sex exploitation or trafficking. So why do I need to be at this? And actually, I'm excited to hear that there are families, hopefully more than I've become aware of in mm. our last almost 10 years of doing this. Um, and that is the very, I think, the most vulnerable position is to not continue to learn, even if you've already been outspoken in your home and these are com uh, comfortable conversations you're having. Because this is shifting and moving with the sexual right. exploitation side of it, even in the last three years, my notes have so updated from being in the lane just of sex mm -hmm. trafficking to broadening it now with sex torsion becoming such a big issue and the blindsiding um, blind spots basically because yeah. a lot of our analogies are um, traffic and auto and safety related mm -hmm. the analogies we're using people become blindsided by things they haven't heard of mm -hmm. so maybe you are talking about parts of this but if you come to an event that stays up to date on right. what is currently the attack, what is the current way that the enemy is coming at us and our children, then you're staying ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. It's great that you've been that way and you have open communication. Okay, but I don't want home. I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm going to direct this to Tava because she's been part of pastoring a church and sure. meeting with people and doing sure. all of that. So um, he here's the real truth. I don't personally believe that a lot of parents have open discussions with their children about sex period that's true about the healthy aspects that's of it true. right so to talk to them about somebody that might want to take advantage of them especially when 
this unbelievable 90% of the people that are doing bad things with our children are right. people they're familiar with? Yes, uh, people perceived to be quite safe. Um, but in answer to your question, which I think is so excellent and so good for us as those who are doing what we believe to be due diligence in raising our children to be healthy in all respects, um, but we do find that whether you're a person in my generation, which I was a child in the 60s, or if, you know, we're dealing with um, adults having children and they were just born in the 90s, it tends to be a rather uncomfortable conversation. And um, so I would say that's true. I'm a mentor mom at our church with young mothers who are able to talk about anything. It's amazing how much they enjoy talking about important issues. But once the issue or the the question of sex or how to present that to children, it gets very uncomfortable. And so that's part of the work of this um, event and this movement and this community is to help moms and dads realize that we can introduce body safety to our children at starting at a very young age. And it's just, it's uh, the analogy that Toy talked about is like a car safety. You get in the seat belt and you just, you know, kids uh, accept because the parents say, this is why. And we don't not get in a car because we're afraid of a wreck. We just know, hey, this is what we're doing to stay safe. And it becomes a part of the comfortable conversation. It's just, we haven't gotten there yet. Well, and the comfortable conversation is, is not necessarily, I don't know if you're ever comfortable, but you're you're making it normal. Are you gonna, normalizing? Normalizing is, exactly. Are you going to teach people? Yeah. How to do that? Yes. At, the, at this event, it's it's why we have the panel that we've chosen to okay. give the different perspectives. So and tell us who those people are. Okay, so Michelle and Clay Schroff mm -hmm. are the. Um, it's kind of the leading. Their piece in it is that they're the driver of the situation. They're okay. the ones who are um, basically wheel, down. Basically, right. Sorry. Uh, behind the wheel. Yes, behind mm -hmm. the wheel. They're they're in charge, like as the parents, as the people that had that family. And they're going to talk about practical conversations, um, being that safe place and the defending force uh, at the front as the mother and father. So they're going to give uh, real resources and suggestions, tools on how to do that and make it more easy um, with the ideas that they're going to give. And then we have Owen Pina, who is our um, ICAC Internet Crimes Against Children uh, for the New Mexico Attorney General's Office. And um, he will be giving us some of the information just with regards of what they're seeing right now mm -hmm. so that we become educated about that piece. And then uh, Kyle Woods, who's with Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office, is also on that panel, and he's going to help us see the blind spots. So really the symptoms that occur, how he sees that they do come at our children um, to groom and what that looks like. So we're really coming at it from every um, and I'm, a, I'm on the other end of it as a survivor. And so um, my piece is and our family has gone through quite a bit. So we're going to talk about what the payoff is to having these hard conversations and creating a culture in your community and in your home, whether you have children or not, right. you, you're, you know, a child, you have a brother, a sister, whatever the case is, there are children in your life. And so we're going to talk about this culture that we really believe God has downloaded into us that we can create prevention through these conversations mm -hmm. and through these presentations. 
Okay, the event is called Vulnerable No More with the FAM. It's a free event. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to allow children, but they have to be kind of a minimum age, do you think? Yeah, it's 11 and up. Uh, 11 and up. And, and of course, you're doing that because you want to show some discretion. This is a tough subject. It is. Obviously. But you're, you're, what you're going to be doing is trying to get the parents and their children comfortable with talking about that and even coming up with a plan right? and how to report this. And you have yes. the New Mexico Attorney General's office. You have the Bernalillo County uh, Sheriff's Department involved. What The things that Kyle does over there, he does mm. some really cool things. But if the, if the community knows a, and they're able to recognize some things that are going on, they could be that much more effective. This is November 9th, so uh, this coming Thursday evening, yes. right. 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock at New Covenant Church, 7200 Holly Avenue Northeast. Now, the event is free, but do you have to register? Yes, and we are live streaming it as well. For those who are not local, um, okay. we done this is our fourth free event and we do that on purpose because uh we the other invitation that we put out is a live stream event invitation and we have the time zones for all four time zones so that people can jump on and watch mm-hmm. or if you just can't leave the house or prefer not to so you do have to register and uh day out you'll get the link for the live stream and then the doors open at six the event itself starts at six thirty. it's an hour and a half long and uh, we're doing that in respect to the fact that it is a school night. Mm. Uh, just being mindful, also a weeknight. So, so yes, yep, absolutely. So again, November 9th, New Covenant Church, seventy two hundred Holly Avenue Northeast. Again, you, the church is. Uh, we should shout out to New Covenant because yes. they're providing you the facility uh, to do this. But this is not a New Covenant event. This is please come from everywhere. What What if you're not a believer in Jesus? Do you want people to come to the event that, oh that don't share necessarily your your faith? Yes, and all this again is our fourth. And in every one, we've been like, just this is a community event. This mm-hmm. is very much uh, we, we. Everybody needs to hear it. Because it's not just particular children that are vulnerable to child sexual exploitation. It's all children. Mm. And so um, I wish we were bulletproof, and but nobody is 100%. And I did want to circle back to the fact with, um, honestly, the vulnerability that people don't understand that really drove this event is that as long as the kids and the moms are not all talking about it and the dads under the same roof, like families, family units. As long as they're not talking about this, the predators win. So they hate what we're doing. They hate that we're making it more normal, more, more comfortable. And I'm, I'm going to say as a grandmother, because I have been very intentional with my two granddaughters, the longer, the more we talk about it, the more that it comes up organically in conversations yeah. when we talk about body safety mm-hmm. or when we're out in a, a public place together and why it's important to stay together and what tricky people look like and sound like. It's not a forced conversation. Right. You do become more comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. You do. It's it's just something that's taken place. And I've tried it first. Yeah. You know, I had to get brave enough, too, because they're not going to live the life I did. I am so thankful that when my five kids were growing up, there was no internet and no mm. mobile devices, but right. we have them and we need to learn how to protect our children through yeah. them. Uh, Toya Kaplan, Tava Bryce, and Michelle Schroff will join us right after this break. Uh, we're going to break a couple minutes early so we can get Michelle in the studio. We'll be back on ABQ Connect right after this. 
Jim Williams with you here today on ABQ Connect. I'm joined in studio by Toya Kaplan, her sister Tavor Bryce. Uh, Pastor Bryce, we want to make sure we thank you for coming all the way from North Carolina. What a joy. Oh, my goodness. We're enjoying yeah, this so much. A lot of fun. And now we're joined in studio by Michelle Schroth. Uh, her and her husband, Clay, are co-founders of the Aspen Project. They are parents to 10 children. That's now, all. I, now I have just fi- ten. I have five, so I think I have the right to say, "What's wrong with you?" Um, <laughs> I wanted fourteen. So oh wow! I settled. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it. Michelle and Clay offer a support system to women, to families, and children. They are experienced with foster care adoption and the challenges children in New Mexico face mm. when they are in the children, youth, and family system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, foster care, adoption, all those things, and and we're really talking about. Uh, the Vulnerable No More event. It's called Vulnerable No More with the FAM. It's going to be November thir- uh, 9th, that's this Thursday, at New Covenant Church, 7200 Holly Avenue. You can go to vulnerablenomore.org and register. The event is absolutely free. You can watch online or you can participate in person. There's going to be a panel and they're going to be discussing all kinds of amazing topics. Mm. Michelle and Clay yes. are, are part of that. So Michelle, I'm going Very to start exciting. right with you. Okay. Um, and ask you this question. Do you think educating children and families before sex traffickers, recruiters, and groomers have a chance to uh, talk with them and do them harm is a good thing? Is that make them vulnerable no more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it needs to be a conversation, a constant conversation. Yeah. You know, Toya had shared that, you know, she she was also a victim. I, too, was a victim. And I know in my home it was not a conversation. It wasn't a conversation that mm. we that I had a right to tell people no when they wanted to hug me or um, be close to me or, you know, give me a kiss. Uh, I'll be sad if you don't, you know, taking our children's voice away from them by making them do things so that we don't feel awkward or that a family member doesn't feel awkward. It's it's the, the whole point of this um, vulnerable no more with the fam is we need to safeguard our children with empowerment. So we yeah. need to give our children the right to say, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like when uncle or auntie or cousin or this person says or does this. You know, we always tell our children, adults do not play with children. Children play with children. And mm. that is, that's the deal at my house. And if an adult wants to play with you, it's not because they think you're so important or it, it's just not natural for an adult, unless it's your mom and dad or grandparent that wants to play with you. I'm so glad you said grandparents. Yes. yes. <laughs> Me too. Four, we made we have seven. All, I, yes. all I do is play with That's right. <laughs> but you know, when you have somebody, you know, someone just the other day, someone came over to the table where my grandkids were and wanted to play with them. I don't know you. Yeah. And I told the kids right in front of me, I said, um. Adults don't play with kids, (laughs) especially adults we don't know. You know, it's just it's that kind of conversation and really not being embarrassed or feeling like I'm Mm. not being kind or a good Christian if I'm not. No, I mean, these are children that really and truly can't protect themselves, Mm. you know, and I I have a little grandson. He's 11 months. He'll be a year this month. And, you know, people will just come up and touch him and. He's uncomfortable. It's obvious he's, you know, he pulls away at 11 months. They do. And I'll, I'll even whisper to him. That's a stranger. Yeah. You don't have to let them touch you. And that's at 11 months. So we start our kids that early Mm. and just will encourage them. You say, no, I don't like that. Well, uh, let me ask all three of you. Um, This comment is much more prevalent across the United States than we think. I often think because 
I'm a New Mexican, that I might be getting what I call New Mexico mentality. Now, we're at the bottom of some pretty bad lists, um, you know, for, you know, childhood poverty and, and all these different things. Uh, our educational system seems not to be doing as well as it could be. Uh, parents are having a hard time, you know, just making a living. So, all of these problems are exacerbated mm -hmm. by that. Toya, tell me about your experience and why you started this Vulnerable No More event. Um, and back to what we started with is is that we were in the exclusively, for the most part, the sex trafficking prevention lane. I had a home for three years and um, we learned so much through the training part of that. I traveled and trained for a year. And then the three years we were open, the correlation um was that in every case, these survivors, um, at one time victims certainly, um, had been vulnerable because of past traumas that had happened in their lives. So unhealed trauma. Um, my story, when I talked about my past, because I have a history of child sexual abuse and my sister and I are from a home of pretty much every kind of abuse you could think of. So we had a lot of trauma issues that we needed to heal through after we became Christians. But um, I started to say, like, I was never trafficked when I do presentations. I'd say, you know, I don't understand that aspect. But if if somebody had tried to traffic me, if I were in this generation, mm -hmm. then I would have been the one that would have. But when you say when somebody tried to traffic you, you're actually talking about your family tra trafficking you in oh, some cases. Well, oh, it happens a bunch. Yeah, and especially I mean, that's a here. common thing, right? It's right. familial, intrafamilial yeah. trafficking, mm -hmm. and it is very prevalent here. Um, and it's unfortunate, but between um, really the economy and the issues with poverty, extreme poverty here. Well, and and not to interrupt, but that that's that's what you generally see in the foster care system are children because the parents are addicted. There is an addiction yeah, aspect, so the yeah. children are being used in that way so that the parents can get what they quote unquote need, which are drugs, and a child can can provide that in using their bodies. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a lot more prevalent than we want to admit, but it's it, it, if there is addiction in the home, you can, I don't want to say guarantee, but there is a, a huge possibility. Yeah. Okay, this is and, something I didn't think about, so I didn't write it on our list, but I'm going to ask all three of mm -hmm. you. So we're now talking about a, a pretty young child. Mm -hmm. Let, let's say they're seven. Maybe they've been through some training because they've, come to some vulnerable no more events with their parents um you know let's say their parents are not involved but maybe there's something going on in their family and they tell their parents but what if their parents don't know but would this training help somebody that's a teacher at a public school recognize this absolutely. and then step in and help the child absolutely. absolutely that's why it's with the fam so that means bring yourself bring your friends and bring your family is that we want this in the whole scope of the community across the united states because anybody working with children whether it's cyfd protective services all the mm -hmm. uh, adoption organizations i've contacted children's homes Anybody that has a child, knows a child, works with a child, mm -hmm. we need everybody to hear this yeah. mm -hmm. so that they learned what the flags are or the yellow and red lights are that bring alarms to this. I'd like to mention, too, having uh, children and grandchildren and then um, so many of uh, our church community being children watching this now for 32 years in our church. Children love to share 
what they believe to be important. So once a family has these types of conversations, they love to tell their friends and they will call out something in out of protection for the friends. But just like the seatbelt instance that we keep pointing to, I never have a child in my car that doesn't report that something's wrong <laughs> with the child next to them. And they'll tell them, belt. we wear our seatbelt. And so they're able, it's not a mantra, it's just built into them as this wisdom that they love to share. So that is another mm -hmm. line of, yes, we want our professionals, we want our parents, we want the loving family members to be informed. But this consequently, though, is going to inform our children. Empower. And they love to be empowered and to share that with one another. What, can, right. you, what can you teach a child if some adult says, hey, uh, why don't you come out here? We'll keep this a secret mm. from everybody. Can you teach a child what oh, to do if absolutely. some parent yes. says that? I'm to looking at Michelle. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, first of all, in our home, we just we just don't keep secrets. We keep surprises, yeah. you know, like yep. if it's a birthday or a gift or, but we just don't keep secrets, you know, yeah. and that goes on, you know, how we're conducting ourselves. You know, like the, we don't tell our kids, don't tell anyone that we yelled at you. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. the reality is we're human beings, but we don't we encourage our children all the time. Um, we're we're not doing that. And there have been times, you know, to speak to what Tava said, you know, my my child has the person out. One of my children has a personality. She's um, 12 years old. She is just someone that people confide in. There have been numerous mm -hmm. times that children have come to my child and told them that they were being hurt or that something was going on in the home. And guess what my child does? They Comes come and tell tells you. me. I love it. They come and tell me. Will they? Will, will people learn what to do if they find out this information? I mean, it's not just a matter yeah. of calling the police. You yes. got to call Payne the right people. Owen Payne is going to talk about it. Actually, he specifically, uh, I listened to one of his And, and he's interviews. part of the Attorney General's he's office. He's the, the ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children. And so he does speak to that. And we will go into it. It's in the notes mm -hmm. as a reminder. But right. that here's your response and here's what you do yes. and what you don't do. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and getting law enforcement involved as soon as possible is critical, but there's ways to do it. And then we approach it from the parent or the guardian side of it. The caregiver side of it is like start a fire drill now in yourself yeah. to think, what if that were to happen? What if that I, were, I was to discover that and something you always had say, happened? Keep your head on a swivel. Yes. Keep your head that's on a swivel. And that's that's a family culture thing as well. It's in, if you're in the parking lot, if you're with mm -hmm. friends, if you're mm -hmm. with family, to keep your head on a swivel that you are paying attention to other people's actions. Yeah. How are they treating you? Is there some grooming involved? Mm -hmm. And then this is an open, ongoing conversation in your home that that's you've right. developed. What are you looking at on your phone? I see. Mm -hmm. I see you're kind of you got your your brightness down. What are you What are you doing? Your brightness mm -hmm. needs to be up to 50%. Why Why do you have it so low? You know, What's accountability. Going What's going on? Yeah, what are you doing? You know, and a lot of times with groomers, they will pull the child in, whether it be technology, whatever, to make that child feel as though, because what they do is try to discredit parents. Your parents don't want you to have fun. Michelle, I, I think you've brought up something that's going to almost have me abandon all the questions for the next 15-minute <laughs> segment. And that is, I'm going to, in the, in our next segment, I mm -hmm. want you to talk about groomers and mm -hmm. how people reach your children and all of those yeah. different things. We'll spend the next 15 minutes talking about that right after this break. Uh, we're, we're with Toya Kaplan, Tava Bryce, and Michelle Schroff on ABQ Connect. We're talking about the Vulnerable No More event with the FAM, November 9th, New Covenant Church. 
uh, 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. The doors open at 6, 7200 Holly Avenue Northeast. You can register at vulnerablenomore.org. It is absolutely free. A lot of really highly credible people, people that have experience, law enforcement, and they're going to just give you all kinds of great information. And it's free, and you're only committing yourself to about an hour and a half. What an investment. We'll be back on ABQ Connect right after these messages. Welcome to ABQ Connect, uh, the For the One Vulnerable No More with the FAM event is November 9th, New Covenant Church, 7200 Holly Avenue, Northeast. The event is free, but you have to register at vulnerablenomore.org. Uh, are you going to be inundated with emails and all kinds of stuff you don't want if you register, Toya? No, no. <laughs> good question. That's a very good question. I'm trying to get everybody off my email, so yeah. Okay. Uh, Toya Kaplan, uh, Tava Bryson, uh, Michelle Schroff are with us, and they're, they're going to be part of the discussion. Uh, there's going to be uh, someone from the Attorney General's office, somebody from the New Mexico Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. I mean, the, these are people that are professionals fighting sex trafficking and all kinds of things. Um, and, and it's really going to be a very informative time. Again, no cost, no cost. I want to say that as many times as I possibly can. Please invest an hour and a half. Uh, bring a child over 11 years old. Uh, you're going to learn how to have a, a free, open conversation mm -hmm. about this stuff that's normal. I'm not going to say it's comfortable. Because it's this is not a comfortable subject. This is a tough subject. And so, as promised, I want to ask you all three about what's a groomer? And let's begin to talk about how the sexploitation of children even happens. Mm -hmm. um, I think groomer is kind of thrown around a lot nowadays. And, and, and it's pretty severe as to what the definition of it is. I mean, it is, it is generally an adult that is trying to coerce a child or a younger person um, or someone that is more disadvantaged. D did your toy disabled? in the first segment say sneaky people? It's tricky, yeah. but it's or tricky, tricky, tricky. There creepy. you go. It's Sorry. Creepy. creepy. Yeah. All the ease. All the ease. Yeah. All the ease. And um, they do. They try. They, and there is an act. There, there are tactics that they use. And generally, it's isolation. They try to isolate a child. And it could be a family member. It could be someone, you know, on, you know, on their technology. But the, the point is is that they try to isolate that child they try to make it so that that child thinks that they're alone their parents don't understand them mm -hmm. nobody gets them nobody loves them but they love them they care about them they want to give them the things that they want and that child starts building trust in that person so that person can start asking for things from that child and it generally just starts with something small you know, um, it may not even be something physical, but it does generally lead to physical things so right. that they can take advantage. Right. And because uh, I'm 63, so mm -hmm. it's been a minute. But when I was four, the next door neighbor said, I'm magic and I can do, you know, whatever your wish would be. Right. I can give you that wish. Um, and though it is male or female. And How every old were you when that happened? Four. I was four. four, and that's my first recollection of. And then it, things continued. Next in neighbor, my life, little Next, boy, young yeah. man. He was fourteen, fifteen. No, but anyway, and I can't remember. I can still, I can still have the smell of the room. But mm -hmm. anyway, all that to say, that anything that they could promise or um, mm -hmm. these now to switch over to the online aspect because much of it is still in person. We don't want to discount that, but the online stuff is that they have watched. Um, your child's right. uh, 
uh, postings, their pictures, what they're complaining about, mm-hmm. where they go to school, yep. any information they've shared online becomes a tool for them to say what they have in common because they're going to have a fake profile that they're pretending to be around that age. Mm-hmm. And if it's uh, mid-school, high school, they'll pretend to be the opposite sex of the person that they're trying to get a inappropriate picture from or send inappropriate pictures to. But in every case, the isolating factor um, is online. They want them to jump to different apps Mm -hmm. um, to DM and chat with them in different settings. So that's one online thing. And we've got a list of these at the event. We're going to have the list of what to watch out for. And real quick circle back is we're doing that to protect, empower and prevent. Those are the three focal points of this. Our focus is to protect them, empower them the the families the community and the children with information and to prevent this from continuing to happening so we've got one of the pages of my notes is specifically about the symptoms of groomers and it's whether it's an older child because 40 percent of child sexual abuse is done by another child Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is a big conversation that we are clearing the dust and getting it down to an hour and a half with notes for people to take home and go over later and have to talk to their children about after the event and resources. Yeah. Yes, resources. Well, and you mentioned how how uncomfortable it is, and and I think when you're looking at any type of sin, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, we have to bring it out into mm-hmm. the light. Yep. You know, my husband always says, "Let's bring it out into the light. Let's beat the tar out of it. Let's look at every single angle of it." So that it is no longer an uncomfortable situation. It's something that might have happened to you or to someone you love. And then we can address it. How can we prevent it? We can't keep, you know, oh, gosh, I don't want to talk about sex to my kids. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want. You know what? Somebody's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to. Counterfeit. Earlier and earlier. It. These days. It's going to be a counterfeit. It's going to be counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And your kids need to know what it looks like to be loved, what sex looks like in the constructs of the word of God. God's design. It's a gift. Yes. Mm-hmm. All three yep. of you have been injured mm-hmm. by this as as children. Mm-hmm. So I didn't put this on the list. You can smack me after. But I, I just thought, can you share the healing that you've experienced mm-hmm. in your relationship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because I think there's people that are feeling it right now Mm -hmm. and they don't know if they have hope to be healed right and that is to michelle's part as well in this conversation in general that can add to your own discomfort and awkwardness about talking about it because it stirs up some of those things that need to be addressed Mm -hmm. and so um, your journey towards insisting that you get the healing you need through Mm -hmm. your time and your presence in the word and worship um, and then counseling therapy, um, biblical counseling, what whatever you need to do to get yourself at a better place so your healing is solid and that legacy continues in your own family. Because generationally, I mean, Michelle and Tava and I know that the benefits mm-hmm. of, of insisting upon healing are that our kids will live a different life and that doesn't mean perfect or that they're impervious because things can still happen, but they're what happens to change. you if you don't talk about it? Mm. Oh God! What does it do to you inside if you mm. don't get it out? Guilt and shame. I mean, for me, it was guilt and shame. Uh, I received Jesus back in May of 1995, and July I was faced with that the fact that one of my abusers was dying in the hospital, and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to forgive him and to actually call and tell him that I forgave him. And I truly, 
that was what catapulted wow. me into yeah. healing was mm-hmm. being able to listen to his voice, which I hadn't heard for 10 years and tell him, I do not want you to burn in hell for what you did to me mm-hmm. and to tell him that I forgave him. And I kid you not, he died the next day. Wow. And I've spoken with other people that had visited him and they had said that they stepped into the room after it had happened. They didn't know and said that he was absolutely weeping. And I had another person that had come in and prayed with him and he received Jesus. Mm. So for me, that was my motivation in the next, you know, I mean, what, 27 years, Mm. writing, seeking counsel, being able to just forgive the people that had hurt me and to be able to forgive my parents for not feeling protected. I was vulnerable. We were homeless. You know, we were living with different people, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I know it wasn't their choice and that's not what anyone would ever want. But I truly believe that it has to stop here. It has to stop with me. Does that mean if something happens to one of my children, it's my fault or like it was my parents? No, absolutely not. I just have to know that I'm going to equip my children, that my kids and my grandchildren know this is appropriate. This is not. Amen. Yeah. But Michelle, as you've said already, there are things that your children ask you to do. Oh, I want to go on this sleepover. (laughs) No, we don't do sleepovers. (laughs) Well, yeah. and, and and you're going to talk about all of those yeah, things, yeah. too, at this event, right? Well, yeah. Ta- Tave, I got one for you. Yes, sir. Uh, you've been involved in leadership of a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this happen in the church? Yes, because part of the vulnerability um, that we're considering here is that children are children. Mm. And their little hearts in an ideal world would mean that they would be protected. So first of all, by their creator, by God. Uh, But there's a longing in every child um, to be loved. And so, of course, we know the enemy is going to try to pop into their world disguised as all kinds of things already. And now we're sitting in such an age where this is commonplace. And so... The proverbial Uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes. And um, so I think as a church, we're realizing more and more that when we say Satan, when we say the devil, when we say evil, we're not talking about someone in a red suit. You know, this is actually a force of darkness that we're reckoning with. And so absolutely darkness is going to try to assault anyone and everyone, and even particularly uh, come across in um, uh, dress itself as the proverbial, you know, uh, sheeps in wolves clothing, even especially within the church. So yes, we have seen it. Um, We actually, uh, one that I know of in particular, um, a young lady was being, in this case, sex trafficked out of uh, school, like there was someone in the school, and the her father actually worked with us on staff, and so we worked together to try to bring healing and the redemption of all of that's been a long journey, but that's one instance. It's just right there within our staff family, and this occurred, and it's just it's devastating. But it's not the end. It's it's where we get a chance for things to be brought into the light, so we can address it with the light. So yeah, great question. Yes, definitely in the in the body of Christ we see this. Will all three of you be available to people to talk to at this event? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hang around each one. I'll, yeah. I'll stay after and we just try to be now. And, and Michelle we'll and Clay table. will be at their table, mm-hmm. um, Voice of a Lion table. And I have to say one thing because so many of these people won't make it and I already know that. 
but but I want the listeners to understand that one in three families or people will believe a child when they come to them and tell them if they disclose information about some kind of abuse on any level at all. Only um, one in three. Only mm-hmm. one in three believe a child when they come to them, and we have to change that. So please just right now examine in your heart and say, if I have a child come to me, and Clay Shroff said the other day, he said, you know, that's not something children lie about. They lie to get out of trouble. I'm not saying never, ever lie, but the vast majority of children are already feeling shame and so terrified to come and tell. I mean, that's my grandfather. Mm -hmm. How am I going to tell somebody that he's whatevering them? We have to believe. We have to believe our children when they come and tell us that does far more damage, honestly. And leave it up to the police. Let them them do the investigation. Yeah. Don't delete anything. Mm -hmm. Don't delete pictures, texts, conversations. Go to the police with the information. Very good information. The Vulnerable No More event, Vulnerable No More with the fam is November 9th. Mm -hmm. Uh, Children over 11 are welcome. It is an absolutely free event. We're hoping that if you're a teacher or you work with children in any capacity, that you'll come. If you're a pastor or women's ministry or any of those things, if you're a parent or soon to be parent Mm -hmm. uh, or want to be a parent someday. Or grandparent. Or grandparent. Yeah. So, so, you know, important. bring bring somebody. Register at VulnerableNoMore.org. When we come back, I'm going to ask you all three, what questions are you hoping to hear mm. uh, from the people that come? We'll be back on ABQ Connect right after these messages. Jim Williams with you on ABQ Connect. One more segment with Toya Kaplan, Tava Bryce, and Michelle Schroff on ABQ Connect. Vulnerable No More with the Fam is November 9th. That's Thursday evening at New Covenant Church, 7200 Holly Avenue, Northeast, Completely free event. Bring the fam. Bring people that you know. You're going to find out all kinds of information. I'm going to start off this segment with maybe a tough question. What if you're a mom and you've got a 16-year-old son and you discover they're using pornography on the internet? Hmm. Well, the average age that a child is introduced to pornography is eight. That's so So reality. Well, number one, we don't want to shame them because they already feel ashamed. Uh, the reality is they're curious. I mean, they're kids. They're, I, I, if we're going to be really honest with ourselves, yeah, we were all curious. We're all we curious. were all kids. We all wanted to know. We wanted to know the things and what does that look like? And and nine times out of 10, you're going to look at a Google search that your kid did, and it's probably going to say something in the lines of, if you put in but, you will not believe what pulls up. Wow. Well, that's scary. Such an innocent word. And the porn that pulls up and these children are now absolutely exposed and exploited. When you think about it, all the images, all the things. And if they have a phone, now they're going to be good. If they go, oh, I'm going to put my email. Yep. Mm. Oh, forget it. Then their email is going to be inundated, Mm -hmm. inundated. And these kids will now be haunted and taunted and tempted. And sadly... As parents, that's when, you know, I always say, you know, I'm not a parent that's just like, give me your phone. And I don't also give my kids smartphones until they're working a job because mm-hmm. I don't believe that they need it. Um, but I'll and, take and the by, phone by the way, Michelle, and clean there's, it. There's people listening right now that are yeah. thinking in their minds, She's oh, crazy. not Michelle. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and that's but, okay. You don't have to. Well, but but Michelle, but you got to be wise. What's happening is they're not thinking all the right. way through yeah. it. You're not right. thinking about um, 
you know, the the proposition between good and evil. Yeah. There, there's globally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just stuff that your kids can be vulnerable to yes. right. that you may not have thought through. Right. You don't know that there's holes in your fences. And that's where that's how you find out. Give your kid a cell phone and a smartphone, because that's when you find out there's holes in the fence. Because you go, wait a minute. I'm I'm reading my because I have access. I'm reading my kids' text messages and going, wait a minute. I feel like this other kid is manipulating them. It's not even a sexual situation. Mm-hmm. I just see that. Wow, my kid is like they're answering dishonestly to sound cool or you know. So there's areas that right. I need to work on as a parent, you know, to give that kid the confidence that hey, you don't have to like the same things they like. Right. Yeah. You know. So that so if you really want to know where your kids are at, you go on and give them that that smartphone. You're gonna go. Oh my goodness gracious! I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of work. It I, is. I wanted Tava to answer to that. Go ahead, Tava. We talked about it earlier in the car. Yeah, actually, it segues very well there because besides curiosity, we have to realize that all human beings are have um, sexuality right. wired into us. That's right. So and the that's question, not a negative thing. No, no, not, not at all. It's we absolutely it beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love my children to know that. I love my grandchildren to know that. And so, you know, to be able, that's what we're talking about, normalizing mm-hmm. that. Yes, you, you know, you'll, you'll be curious because you have your, your, there is uh, sexuality that's wired into us as human beings. So, um, then, then you're prepared that there'll be a journey where those children, um, and like you said, it's, it's surprising and sad that at eight years old, you know, that's the, the, the common age. I venture to say it's, it's, it's going down rapidly. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. So I got to but eight. Yeah. So what we want to teach them is how to, I want to say manage, you know, our sexuality and just say, hey, that's so normal. I think, you know, when a kid says, but, you know, I want to go, yeah, everybody has a but. Right. So normalizing in that sense and realizing, yes, there's going to be curiosity and there'll be a a sexual stirring inside of children very young. What is the question you want people to ask you, Toy, at the event? See, that's so hard because I had locked and loaded the other piece. (laughs) So there's so many questions and we are. If you'll follow us on our social media, by the way, we're on Facebook Mm -hmm. and for the one dot one is our actual website. If you go there, there's a vault of information, but you can follow us on social media. We post stuff all the time that will answer so many questions. I have to say this, though, because it's on the same topic about um, sexuality and not shaming our children. And yeah. the other thing, if you come at your children and it's always like, if I catch my child, what if I catch them? What if I catch them? And instead, we're trying to turn this mm-hmm. great big ship to mm-hmm. say, what if I find out? What if I discover? Or when? Yeah, when yeah. I well, yeah. yeah, I'm trying not to scare them. I know, <laughs> but you know, just to yeah, say, just it, it is it is looking for them. Evil does it does it. It's like it calls to us, right? I mean, I don't care how old you are. So we have to prepare our kids for that happening. And inst- if you are yelling and screaming, and we're all afraid and concerned, and mm-hmm. of course we're going to react that way initially. If we talk to ourselves like people listening in the car, go, you know what? I got to get better at that. Mm-hmm. I have to calm myself down and go, Take you know what, deep breaths. as opposed <laughs> to saying, you know, I caught you. And how many times have we talked about this? And so on. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, don't right. you think that really boils out. down to being honest with ourselves? You know, I, I when I think about when I was a child and first saw pornography, I I have that image in my head today. I'm oh, going to yeah. be 52 years old, mm-hmm. you know, so so just think your child 
that has seen this, that image is ingrained yeah. in their head. Yeah, right. And they're trying to deal with that. That's and right. we need to stop expecting children to be smarter than we are at whatever age we are. Yeah, that's right. And as if we had never gone through that part of our mm -hmm. uh, growing up. So if we'll step back and look at it and pray, 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 pray around conversations, around mm -hmm. how each child needs to be talked to. I mean, this is such a huge conversation, but we need to believe them when they come to us. We need to stop saying, if I ever catch you, we're like, right. no shame. Okay. This is not a place to shame children. Yeah. No, because they're never going to talk to you. Yeah. I could tell you right now, if you jump on them instead of trying to do the fire drill preparation, which we talk about it in the event, preparing like a fire drill. Um, Protect Young Eyes is an organization that we follow online and we share quite a bit of his posts. He practices with his sons mm -hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to come through the house and I know you think it's silly, whatever, but you, you practice telling me, hey, dad, I sent a picture and I know I shouldn't have and it's inappropriate or I asked for a picture. It's not happened yet, but he has his family actually practice through scenarios to remove some of that. Now, does that mean he has a perfect home? Perfect home? No. But does it mean that we've implemented, yeah. we've empowered them with a conversation mm -hmm. in the same way younger kids, you have to talk to them about body safety and practice with them saying, I don't I don't want to hug you. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm I don't want to sit in your lap. Yeah. I don't want to so practice these at age appropriate levels yeah. so that when they're 16, when they're 8 to 16 yeah. and this happens, yeah. you already have a conversation going where they can come to you as their safe place. Yeah. And I think too us as adults that have, you know, come out on the other side of, you know, this this type of life and trauma that we there is some healing that we we have to good, go Michelle. through. And before we can even think about how we're going to talk to our kids, that probably is something we need to, to address. And maybe that guilt and shame that we're feeling mm -hmm. is when we say, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You shouldn't be looking at that. Wow. Well, that's truly us speaking to ourselves. To ourselves. Yep. Those are words that we've said to ourselves. And I, I truly believe that <sighs> when when that sparked in us and we we're, we're shouting at our kids, we have th there's something going on inside of us oh that we goodness. really need to bring yeah. before the Lord. So, Michelle, what, what's been your experience? How has God used you? You had some abuse mm -hmm. and you that happened from a family member. Mm -hmm. How did God heal you? And now how is that? Well, it was two family members, a family friend that was a, an older child. Um, I, I, I honestly, I couldn't even count. I couldn't count. If there was a man in my life that did not want to sexually abuse me, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely shocked. So for me, it what it really has shown me is, number one, I tend to be a little harder than I, I should be. So I do have to ask the Lord to soften me a bit. Um, I, you know, I'm the epitome of mama bear. If I see someone coming at my kids, I will go for your neck. Um, I, I, and that is something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm praying through like, okay, Lord, mm -hmm. um, it has helped me when I talk to young ladies and young men, because this happens to young men it also, does. It does. um, that, you know what, it's not, it, it, you, you are a victim. You are not someone that has caused this. And what we, you know, what we haven't touched on also is that sexuality component is, you know what, to a child, it's confusing because there is pleasure mm -hmm. and that is physiological. Right. That, and so it's confuses the, the mind, you know, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't enjoy this. Yeah. This shouldn't. But it's just how our bodies are designed. Right. 
you know so so it gets it gets muddy and murky and and just really trusting the lord you know and with the people that he puts in front of me and you know i i don't know i just have this weird discernment well i think all of what you've spoken wow. to us in an hour is I, i'm sorry the hour goes so quickly Christy. but you, you guys have done a great job i think that a lot of people are now interested november 9th new covenant church vulnerable no more with the fam it's a live stream event as well register at vulnerable no more Org. Toya, Teva, and Michelle, thank you for joining us today thank on ABC. Thank you. Connect. What a great opportunity.